1: Well, did uh, anything happen exciting with your team today? Uh, I could do a couple of hours based on just the things that happened in Hallis Hall today alone. Here's the thing, though, and I'm sorry to disappoint, but uh, I'm going to hold off on talking about the, uh, the Bears and their situation until tomorrow. And not because I want to save it for my Bears-only show. I mean, that's part of it. But it's mostly because I think we need a little bit more time for the dust to settle and to find out what exactly is going on with this Alan Williams situation, if, if, if we even know. I mean, definitely I'll, I'll talk about it on tomorrow's show no matter what. But hopefully in the next 24 hours we'll get more details on what this situation is all about what's behind the resignation, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, It was a very, very busy day uh, for for my beloved Chicago Bears and for its fan base because Allen Williams, quite frankly, was the tip of the iceberg for everything that happened today. I mean, it wasn't just their first day back at work because they have, you know, after a game on Sunday – they have film review and stuff like that on Monday. Tuesday is typically their one day off for the week, and then when they come back on Wednesday, now it's it's the new week. It's week three officially now in Hallis Hall. So instead of talking, you know, first talking about how the Bears are prepping for Kansas City and the Chiefs and going on the road to Arrowhead with an 0-2 record and all that kind of stuff, I don't think anybody mentioned the Chiefs once today in Hallis Hall. Man alive! So, but like I said, I will be talking about that more uh, tomorrow on the Bears uh, Bears Chiefs preview uh, episode uh, today. Uh, Bears Chiefs actually did make the cut for pick six, so we are going to talk about the Bears a little bit, but we're going to talk about football, not so much everything else that occurred uh, in in Hallis Hall. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and and, and get right to it. This is the week three preview episode of the fourth phase. So let's get to it. Welcome to the fourth phase presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now your host, Larry Dean. Well, great googly moogly, guys. Uh, week three off to a banger uh, of a start. And, and like I said, I'm going to save my opinions and my thoughts and uh, hopefully gather some more information about everything that happened uh, in Hallis Hall today from Justin Fields' comments to the two roster moves the Bears made. Actually, it was three. Uh, the three roster moves the Bears made uh, today to uh, obviously the the headliner being uh, Allen Williams. Uh, and him resigning after, you know, not making the trip to Tampa last Sunday. And, uh, you know, the, the Bears get back to work for the week today. And in the midst of everything that was coming on, uh, you know, or that was like rumors, this, that, and the other, uh, his resignation came out right in the middle of it. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we get some more information in the next 24 hours to find out what's going on. Uh, with this, because we're hearing a lot of wild stuff about what and I don't want to go half cocked uh, on something like this, not only because it's my team, but because, um, you know, because of how out of this world, this whole situation appears to be. I mean, there's already already been a bunch of misinformation today, which is why, um, you know, it's better to, to wait on this. And find out what's really going on. Uh, and even if we don't get that information tomorrow about what exactly is going on uh with Alan Williams, I will share my thoughts and everything about the the resignation and, and uh all of that uh tomorrow. So anyway. Yeah, so crazy, crazy day here uh for us Bear fans and uh crazy in Hallis Hall and poor ryan poles uh was probably just expecting to come to work and 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 cut a birthday cake because today is the poor bastard's birthday and uh that was the least uh, that was the last thing on anybody's mind uh today uh in hallis hall so uh yeah but we'll talk about all of it uh tomorrow so uh, let's go ahead and get the show uh started we will uh kick things off with uh news and uh notes and uh we'll go on from there news and notes for week 3 i got a few items here for you uh speaking of the chiefs who the bears play on sunday in arrowhead uh the chiefs and mahomes rework uh pat's uh contract uh i don't know if they had anything to do with the uh if it had anything to do with the length of the contract, because he signed like a 10-year extension, I think, prior to last season. And uh, in that time, about four or five guys have lapped him as far as being the highest-paid uh, quarterback uh, in the league, and uh, most recently Joe Burrow uh, of the uh, Bengals. But the Chiefs and Mahomes rework his contract so that he, over the next four seasons, 2023, 24, 25, and 26, he will make a guaranteed two hundred ten point six million dollars uh i don't know what happens after 2026 or if it's just not we're not talking guaranteed money uh after 2026 which would in fact be his 10th season uh in the league but for guys like Mahomes and you know brady and and uh, people of that ilk season number 10 you're just getting started so uh you know he'll be around a lot longer to uh earn some more cash uh from the uh chiefs but uh yeah, that was the big headline for the Chiefs this week was that uh they went ahead and reworked his deal so that uh that two hundred and ten point six mil over the next four years is the most in NFL history. So Yeah. He's uh let's see for for poor Pat Mahomes, that's what, twenty two twenty three point six? No, 22, something like that. 52, what the hell am I saying? 52, 52 point uh, something to, uh, trying to get, because 52 times four, that's 208. How do we get the other 2.6? It's uh, 2.6 divided by four would be 6.55, wouldn't it? Something like that. So, yeah, a lot of money, a lot. Let's take just if he would donate just one year of that to me, uh, you guys would never fucking hear from me again. <laughs> anyway, or actually you'd probably hear from me a lot more because I wouldn't have to do anything else but crank these bad boys out week after week. Um, but anyway, that's the the big headline coming out of uh, Kansas City. Uh, they had a very uh, drama-free day compared to what we dealt with today in, in Hallis Hall. Speaking of a team that's dealing with it, uh, Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Browns—the uh, knee injury is catastrophic. And and I saw a uh, a post online yesterday said uh, like the knee injury was so bad, or like you know, I mean, basically, Minka Fitzpatrick just absolutely caved in his knee. It was thought to be dislocated and and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just everything that could go wrong in that injury appeared to have gone wrong. And we haven't got any confirmation on what the extent of the damage is, but it was like one of those injuries that looks so bad, you hope he's only out for the year, you know, that he would be able to recover in time to play next season. But uh, time will be the, uh, the judge uh, on that one. And in response, when I was writing these notes, the Browns were hosting – uh, Kareem Hunt, who was Nick Chubb's uh, backfield mate last year, uh, he was a free agent after not re-signing with the team during the off season. Had some flirtations with the Saints. Looked like he was really close to a deal with the, the Colts just before, like during training camp, uh, when the whole Jonathan Taylor thing was was uh, was going crazy uh, for them. But instead, he he doesn't sign with anybody. And uh, while he was visiting the Browns, they signed him to a one-year deal worth about four million dollars for the remainder of the uh, season. So he will be returning uh, to the Browns as uh, you know, after not being able to come to an agreement with any of the other teams that he was talking to in the off-season. Uh, and on the lighter side of things, let's uh, brighten it up a bit here as we. Uh, try to move on, move on, move along here. Uh, Colts tight end Kylan Granson uh, scored his very first touchdown as a professional uh, for the Colts on Sunday in their big thirty-eight to what thirty-eight to twenty, thirty-eight to uh, ten, thirty-eight to twenty win over the uh, Houston Texans. And uh, so happy was he that he had his very first pro football touchdown that he did a photo shoot where he treated the football as though it were a newborn baby it was wrapped in a blanket uh you saw him lovingly looking at it you had you know, lovely uh you know fall backgrounds uh behind him there was a shot of him and i'm assuming his wife or his girlfriend was kind of looking down as he was lovingly uh holding the uh football wrapped in a uh, blanket so that was uh pretty entertaining to uh to see um and just uh, kind of lighten things up a little bit. So, uh, yeah, there was that. And then finally, I've been promising this. I keep talking about it and and things like that. We're actually going to do an update on the Pick'em standings for the uh, Bears Talk Underground uh, Pick'em game and uh, kind of go through it because here we are starting week three. Make sure you get your picks done. At the very least, make sure you get that Thursday night game picked, because you'll be able to either make picks or change picks all the way up until kickoff on Sunday. But if you don't pick Thursday, you don't—you just basically lose the points for that game. So uh, make sure you get them in uh, by I'm not, i think—I'm not sure what the cutoff is. Maybe I should find find that out. But I'm uh, not sure what the cutoff is on Thursday. But I got my reminder email today saying to make sure I make my picks today on Wednesday. So, uh, in first place, we have Fields of Dreams, uh, who's not only winning with uh, with his record of twenty three and nine, but he's also topping us all out with two hundred and thirteen points. You know, generally when you win just about every game, you're you're going to come away with a plethora uh, of points. Um, in second place, we have jojo with 196 points on a 20 and 12 record uh vlad's picks at 186 for points 20 and 12 record as well agent orange jerseys you guys really like to tease me about the goddamn jerseys don't you 181 points on 20 to 12 afa lava that's a deep cut for those of you who remember the uh starting safety i believe from oregon state he just came in as a sixth-round rookie. He was our starting free safety one year, uh, and then we never heard from him again. 177 points for Alpha Lava on a 19-13 and 13 record. My buddy McCubbin in at sixth place at 176 on 20-12. and 12. S. Van Horn, 174 in seventh place. Uh, Tanyaka? Tanyoka? 171 in eighth place. The Decatur Staley's, Nice. One sixty seven in ninth place, and in tenth place, rounding out the top ten, Irish Mafia at one sixty six at uh, with seventeen and fifteen as the record. And and I hear you all like, well, Larry, where are you? I am just outside the money, let so to speak, and eleventh place at one sixty three, as I went at an abysmal seven. Not only did I go seven and nine, have a losing record week one, but I got like my sixteen. 14, 13, and like 12 I got like all the money games wrong uh, last week. I did much better than that this week, which is why I was able to gain some ground because I think I was in like 15th or 16th place uh, last uh, after last week with my seven wins. Uh, now I've bumped myself all the way up to 11th after going nine and seven. So I'm a dead even 16 and 16 uh, so far. And I'm only 50 points behind first place. Uh, thus far, but uh, make sure that you make your picks and make sure you put your uh, point values in there uh, as well, because my mom, in case you guys haven't noticed, is playing with us. Uh, her team name is Larry's mom. So, yeah, she being real subtle about it. Uh, she forgot to put her confidence values week one. So while she went eight and eight and actually beat me uh, week one, Uh, She didn't uh, realize that we we were doing the confidence thing and didn't put any points uh, on it. So she only has 70 points thus far for the 70 that she earned with her uh, identical 8-8 record in week two, uh, and her eight wins got her 70 points this past uh, weekend. So we'll uh, see if she can make up some ground now that she knows to make sure to make her picks uh, and everything. So there you go fields of dreams the the leader in the clubhouse thus far by a pretty decent margin I think what 17 points uh ahead of jojo not to mention he's got a three game advantage on everybody 23 and nine the next best record is 20 and 12 which is held by one two three four other players um 19 and 13 is uh you know in there as well so yeah we're getting some uh, we got some good picks uh in there. And I'm guessing that uh, CA Zoid is having the similar troubles that I had last week in week one because he is 19. He's just behind me. I'm 16 and 16. I got 163 points. He's 19 and 13, but has 161. So he's right behind me. So he must be missing on the big his big point games to be behind me like that and still be, you know, three games or so uh, better than me. So, uh, yeah, that's. That's the kind of stuff that, that pisses me off. You get the when not only did you get the pick wrong, but you, you you banked on the wrong team. You put that fourteen, that fifteen, that sixteen point value on the wrong team, and you paid for it dearly. So we'll uh, we'll see how that all uh, shakes out. And um, but right now, logic uh, logic dictates the best records got the most points. So uh, we'll see if that carries through uh, the remainder. Uh, of the season so there you go guys that is going to do it for the news and notes section uh, let's go ahead and get this bad boy kicked off before we dig into our pick six we got to start with the all-out blitz all-out blitz we start in green bay where the saints are 2-0 and but have been underwhelming in doing so and the Packers have had two very different performances in their two games. Which team will emerge is truly a fascinating question in this one. But uh, give me Green Bay in their home debut for uh, Jordan Love in front of his home fans. Denver at Miami. The Broncos have suffered two backbreaking losses to start the season, uh, to start the Sean Payton era. And going to Miami to face the most explosive offense in football in the Dolphins is doing them no favors. Tua and company are probably drooling over this team coming into town. Give me the Dolphins to take out the Denver Broncos. The L.A. Chargers and the Minnesota Vikings, two 0-2 teams looking for their first win. Uh, if the Chargers can figure out how to play defense, they gave up 36 to Miami Week One twenty seven. To the Titans, week two. If they can figure out how to score, how to stop some people from scoring, they'd be two and zero. Number one, and they'll be able to get themselves uh, in the win column. For us in the pick'em game, it comes down to who you trust. Well, I don't trust either one uh, of these teams, quite frankly. But a coin toss says go with the Chargers, so I'm sticking with L.A. The Jets and the Patriots, the zero two Pats, the one and one Jets. This game will come down to Zach Wilson, and if he can get out of his own way, he's not going to be able to do that against Belichick and the Patriots. Give me New England to take out the Jets. Houston at Jacksonville. C.J. Stroud has been solid in his first two starts, but it hasn't been enough to save the Texans. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags are looking to reestablish their offensive prowess after a 9-point no-TD performance versus the Chiefs. Give me the Jags at home. Indianapolis at Baltimore. Will Anthony Richardson be ready in time to play on Sunday? And if he does play, will he be able to make it through the football game? Two in two games, two injuries. Will he make it three for three? The 2-0 Ravens look to take advantage of the Colts without Richardson. Or Richardson playing it safe to avoid another injury. Either way, give me Baltimore. Carolina at Seattle. Seattle got back to form with their win over the Lions in Detroit. Now return home to where they choked in the second half in their week one loss to the Rams. Bryce Young and the Panthers are looking for their first win, but they are not likely to find it here. Give me the Seahawks. Dallas at Arizona. The Cowboys rival the 49ers for looking like the best team in the league after two weeks with dominant wins over the Giants and the Jets. I doubt the Cardinals will be able to put up the fight with the Cowboys that they did against the Commanders and the Giants. Give me the Cowboys. Yep. Pittsburgh at Las Vegas. The Raiders eked out a win over Denver, followed by getting rolled in Buffalo. They could ease, and they could still easily be zero two. The Steelers defense provided the most fireworks in their win over Cleveland, but the but can the offense do enough without it to win? I don't know, but I'm not I'm not a fan of the Raiders. Give me the Steelers in this one. Rams at Bengals. The Rams had a bad half in each of their games. They got a win in Seattle but fell short against the 49ers. The Bengals came up just short against the Ravens and may have to go without Joe Burrow, who tweaked that calf injury against Baltimore. That's enough for me. Give me the Rams. (coughs) And there you have it, guys. The pick six for week number three. A lot of interesting matchups there, but... uh, did I say pick six? Give me the all out blitz. That's what I meant. That was the all out blitz. The pick six is coming up here in just a moment, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting week, a lot of matchups and, and I had a had a hard, hard time picking the six games that we're going to talk about here in the, uh, in the pick six. But, uh, you know, it, it's, I really like doing this all out blitz thing. It's, it, uh, it's a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, let's go ahead and, and dive into the, into the, uh, pick six here and, uh, get the show, uh, wrapped up pick six for week number three. And, uh, we begin things, uh, well, most of you will be listening to this on Thursday. We begin things tonight, Thursday night football, 49ers hosting the New York giants. The 49ers been on the road for the first two weeks, first out in Pittsburgh, and then this past Sunday in L.A. in SoFi, which was basically a home game for them. But uh, nonetheless, they finally get to play a, ch- a game at home. And uh, playing a team that really, uh, it's it's kind of like, will the real Giants please stand up? Because after six quarters of football, the Giants look to be the biggest disappointment of the 2023 season. Uh, but they put... Thirty-one. They put a thirty-one point second half together that saved their season and improved their record to one and one uh, over the uh, over the Cardinals on Sunday. Not the Cardinals. Yeah, it was the Cardinals. They they played the Cardinals on Sunday. Uh, you know, but after losing forty to nothing to the Cowboys week one, they were down twenty to nothing at halftime against the Cardinals. Uh, Daniel Jones had a brilliant second half. Three hundred twenty-one yards, two passing TDs, one rushing uh, touchdown. Uh, and the defense for the Giants only allowed one score in the second half. So, like I said, the real question is: Will the real Giants please stand up? Will it be the the team that 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 looked awesome, that looked like the playoff team that made a run last year, uh, made it to the divisional round uh, of the uh, of the playoffs, or will it be the team that got smacked around by a division rival on national TV uh, last week? You know, it's. Uh, you know, are they are they for real, or did they just beat up on what many consider to be this year's worst team in the uh, the Cardinals, where they're they're going to play it tough for 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 a few minutes, but uh, in the end, it's not it's not just just not going to be enough. But uh, so far, the 49ers, on the other hand, are as advertised. A lot of people thought they would be one of the best, if not the best, team. Uh, not so much, not even in the NFC, but in in pro football generally and uh you know they scored 30 points in each of their first two games they smashed pittsburgh 30 to 7 uh week one and it was them forcing mistakes uh making you know pressuring matt stafford and company uh in the second half because they turned a 17 17 tie into a 30 23 uh victory uh over the rams uh on sunday um Christian McCaffrey is running the ball like a beast he leads the league in rushing with nearly 300 yards rushing uh, so far has got a score in both games uh, up to this point Brock Purdy uh, looks to have you know no ill effects for the uh, elbow injury that he suffered in the NFC championship game that he needed surgery uh, for uh, the defense is is playing well not really appearing to uh, miss their uh, defensive coordinator, and D'Amico Ryans, who left to take over the helm in uh, Houston uh, as their head coach. I mean, the you know, the 49ers are hitting all, on all cylinders, and I don't want to jinx them or anything, but uh, they've been pretty lucky with the injury bug thus far uh, as well because that's kind of what got them into trouble uh, last year. First, with Trey Lance going down early in the season, and then when they were hitting their stride, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, and they're like, oh, woe is me. We have to start Mister Irrelevant, our third string quarterback, rookie Brock Purdy, uh, in there as uh, you know as our starter, and they <laughs> he's He's still starting football games for him. That's how well that worked out for him. So, you know, Brock Purdy is is kind of um, I don't want to say it's a redemption tour, but he's definitely out to prove that he's not just a game manager that's surrounded by the best team in football. That he is actually contributing to this being the best team uh, in football. He's doing an outstanding job of it uh, so far. And, uh, you know, it's it's a short week of rest. The 49ers, even though they were on the road last week, were just a few hours down the road in Los Angeles, so they didn't have to make a long trip to get back home. The Giants are on a short week. They're traveling on, along the West Coast, and we just found out today Saquon Barkley is out uh, with the ankle injury uh, for tomorrow night's game or tonight's game, for those of you who are listening on Thursday. So, yeah, this is an easy pick for me. I'm going with the 49ers uh, in our first game of the pick six. Game number two, we got Tennessee at Cleveland. I chose this game because I'm really interested to see how it's going to turn out. You know, after Cleveland's dominant win over Cincinnati in week one, they fall flat versus the Steelers on Monday night. They gave up two defensive touchdowns uh, in, in the ball game. the last one being the killer, the strip sack uh, of Watson, TJ Watts, scoop and score. That, that was the game-winning touchdown that uh, put it away. And now that they no longer have Nick Chubb to rely on, Watson will have to step up and lead uh, lead the offense. I mean, he's got a horses they just re-signed. Uh, Nick Chubb, they have Amari Cooper, David Njoku. I mean, they're already banged up. They lost Jack Conklin for the la- for the season to a knee injury last week. They lose probably the best running back in football to a catastrophic knee injury uh, this past Monday. I did everything I could to avoid it because I, I, I can handle most things, but watching somebody's knee bend 90 degrees in the wrong direction, I just I, I can't can't it's it doesn't make me squeamish or make me sick or anything like that it's just you know I've never suffered an injury like that thank God but uh I just I can feel that when they when they when they hurt that when when they get hurt like that watching it over and over again it's it's every athlete's worst nightmare and it was one of those moments Mika Fitzpatrick comes in for a back like Chubb you got to take him out you know, I don't think it was a dirty hit on on Fitzpatrick's part, going back and watching the play several times now against my will. But, um, you know, you try to take out his legs. He was not trying to do that. You know, I, I don't believe for a second that's what he was trying to do. And, um, you know, it just uh, – it was like as soon as he planted his foot, Fitzpatrick made con- contact, and it just absolutely – caved in his leg and it bent every way you don't want it to. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if Cleveland, uh, can, uh, can hold up, uh, without, uh, Nick Chubb and can, you know, Kareem hunt, um, come in. Did I say Nick Chubb earlier? They signed Kareem hunt, not, uh, not, they didn't sign Nick Chubb. They signed Kareem hunt. Uh, you ever have one of those days where your mind is just moving or like your mouth is moving faster than your mind kind of thing? Like you got a thousand thoughts in your head and your, your, your mouth can only figure out how to push one or two of them out at a time. Uh, Tennessee, on the other hand, you know, fell short against New Orleans because their offense couldn't finish drives but was able to outgun the Chargers. Which one of these teams is the real Titans? It's kind of going to be uh, a theme here because a lot of these teams in the pick six – had these mixed performances in between week one and week two. And as you guys know, uh, talking about, uh, like in our, our pick'em game specifically, the toughest weeks to call, for me historically, I've been doing this for years, but the ones where you see the most trouble are typically week one and week two. Because week one, you're making the pick based on last year, what you know about these teams from last season. And then week two, you're basing your picks primarily on what happened in week one. And there's a lot of pretenders. I was listening to Kyle Brandt's uh, new podcast the other day, and he he was saying week one is a notorious liar. You know, you don't always get the truth uh, week one. You see teams win games that, uh, you know, have no business. And it's like I'm not trying to be a hater, but the Packers kind of fall into this. We just talked – we talked about them at the start of the the all-out blitz. They had a dominant performance against the Bears uh, week one. They started out strong against uh, Atlanta, but kind of faltered and kind of looked like the team that a lot of people were expecting to see. Like, not a bad football team, but not necessarily one that's going to just, you know, blow people out of the water the way that they did uh, versus the Bears. So... Uh, you, you see a lot of performances like that. Or the liar is you see really good teams go out and get crushed or they lose a football game that they're going to have a hard time explaining as the season uh, goes along. Uh, you know, like the the Raiders. They um, they went on the road and they beat the Broncos week one. Then they go on the road to play Buffalo and got absolutely hammered. 38-10. to 38-10. Just got absolutely rolled by the Bills. So, those are the kinds of things that you're going to see. And uh, we just want to figure out, and like I said, that's kind of the theme of the pick six this week. Will the real so-and-so please stand up? And, you know, which one of these Titans teams is going to uh, emerge? And with everything that that's going against Cleveland, I don't care that they're at home uh, for this game uh, on Sunday. If it comes down to, to trust, like I was talking about that Chargers uh Vikings game uh, this week. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Titans. I think, especially the defense, because their defense was outstanding. They 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 uh, they sacked Herbert, I think, three times uh, on Sunday, and the offense figured out how to put some points uh, on the board instead of settling for five field goals from Nick Folk against the Saints week one. They were actually able to uh, put it in the end zone and and uh, you know help themselves uh, on Sunday. Cleveland's got a good defense, but uh, you know, will the offense help them out? That's the tr- that's the real uh, question. Can uh, you know uh, Kareem Hunt knows the system, so it's not so much about that. But it's like, can he get up to speed with uh, where he is health wise, like football shape, in order to be effective on Sunday, or will he be on a pitch count just just uh, in in, uh, in the course of getting him ready for football season? So we'll have to wait and see. I feel more confident in the Texans. I don't think I put much on that, uh, on that as far as confidence points are concerned. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Yeah, Tennessee over Cleveland is my one-point game. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's how we're doing that uh, on Sunday. So give me the Titans over Cleveland. Uh, 49ers, I put 10 on the 49ers uh, this, for this weekend. Game number three, Atlanta at Detroit. Atlanta has beaten up on a weaker division rival week one in the Panthers, then just outlasted love in the Packers by persevering and coming back from a 24-12 to deficit in the fourth to win, and both games were at home. Now they're going on the road to take on a team that also you know, started out the year by shocking the world and beating the world champs in the kickoff game and then look like their 2022 selves uh, in the, uh, the Seahawks game week two. And what I mean by that is what was bothering, especially early in the season for Detroit, was they had no problem scoring points, but they had a huge problem keeping their opponents from scoring points where they basically got outscored uh, by, the, uh, by the Seahawks in this one. So again, which Lions defense is the one that we can count on seeing going forward? Is it the one who held the world champions to 20 points in week one? Or the one that gave up 37 to Seattle? Can they rely on their defense? Or will the offense have to outscore their opponents? Because like, their defense can't stop anybody, so we just have to keep scoring. That's the only way. And I know that it's it's always <laughs> – I know outscoring your opponent is the objective of the game but usually the defense contributes to that and the way that the lions played football last week uh it was more so we need the offense to score as many points as humanly possible because we're not going to be able to stop the seahawks where um so that's the real question which lions defense is going to be the one that shows up uh in 2023 because they didn't well number one they didn't force any turnovers like they did against the chiefs and number two they didn't. I don't think they got the Geno. Though they got one sack on Geno Smith, and I don't think they got to Mahomes more than once uh, on Thursday Night Football. But I think they they pressured him a lot more. They were in his face. They disrupted him uh, a lot more. Forced us you know some throwaways and things like that. Uh, so, like I said, which one of these Lions defenses is the one that we can count on? You know, is is Jared Goff going to have to go out there and, and score 35, 40 points a game in order to uh, you know win these games, or uh, you know can they rely on the defense to uh, you know cut the cut their opponent off a little bit so they don't have to score forty points uh, to win a football game? Like either way, it's a step up in competition for the uh, Falcons. And I think Dan Campbell's going to rally the troops and they'll be ready for their second home game because this one's in Detroit. I'll take the Lions uh, in this one. And let's see, can I find it? I got five. So not the highest of confidence. Five points on the Lions uh, to win this one on Sunday. Game number four, we got Buffalo at Washington the Bills rebounded strongly from their loss to the Jets with utter domination especially in the second half against the Raiders. Josh Allen especially responded with a 31 of 37 274 yard three touchdown performance after throwing three touchdown three excuse me three interceptions versus the Jets and I think he even fumbled one away so it was a four turnover performance against the Jets week one. They also got the running game going uh, getting 123 yards out of James Cook against the Raiders uh, on Sunday where he was I think he was somewhere in the 40s uh, against the Jets week 1 much better defense but still that's a 80 yard improvement from one guy uh in that game on Sunday the Commanders uh on the other hand in both games have gotten off to a slow start uh, they were behind sixteen to ten to the Cardinals going into the fourth quarter, and they started the game down twenty-one to three to the Broncos, uh, and only to come back in both of those games. Like if they stand a chance in this one, they're going to want to show up immediately because the Bills have the firepower to make a third comeback impossible uh, for the Commanders, and uh, you know this thing is in Washington. And thanks to the uh, new non-Dan Snyder era that the uh, Commanders and their fan base are in, this is likely to be another sellout, especially with a good squad like the Bills uh, coming into uh, town. So they'll they'll have the crowd uh, behind them. The Commanders are two and zero, despite the way that I spoke about them. But uh, you know, if if they're they're actually playing a solid football team this time around. The Broncos are shaky. The Cardinals are probably one of the league's worst, if not the worst, team uh in the league. And they fell behind to both of them. You know, the like I said, the, the that sixteen to ten lead went into the fourth quarter for the Cardinals, uh, week one before Sam Howell and company worked their magic to pull that one out. And uh a lot of people would argue that uh if those referees had called the pass interference uh, on the two point conversion this thing goes to overtime we might be talking about the 1 and 1 commanders instead of the 2 and 0 oh, uh commanders but uh you know i think buffalo riding the ship last week against the raiders uh josh allen looked like his old self did not turn over the football in any stretch uh last uh last sunday against the raiders and like i said they got the running game going uh as well so and the defense uh, played outstanding against the Raiders uh, as well so let me go ahead and take the bills in this one over Washington and let me see got that one I got six so not a lot of high confidence here probably because of the it's it's on the road and uh, and things like that and uh, they did play pretty badly against the jets week one so and you know what Josh Allen does like to turn over the ball I mean he probably doesn't like to do it, but he's pretty good at turning the football. Over, you know, that's what you get when you're dealing with these gunslinger types, and uh, you know, you saw the three interceptions and uh, another fumble in return uh, against the uh, Jets week one. Uh, Ron Rivera will have his defense ready to uh, to bounce on things uh, like that. So if I don't, I don't think the Bills need to be perfect uh, or anything like that, but they can't have a two three turnover. Uh, Performance on Sunday, Washington will capitalize on that. And Sam Howell actually has looked really good uh, as their uh, quarterback uh, in the early going. So that's why I got the low confidence score uh, on that one. Game number five Chicago at Kansas City. Now, despite everything that happened in the building uh, today, uh, after back-to-back losses to the start of the year, the Bears are on a 12-game regular season losing streak, and the sky is falling in Chicago if you talk to their fan base. Uh, it's getting ugly out there. Everything from fire everyone to looking forward to 2024, keeping a close eye on Carolina because we're going to need that pick to package our way up into number one so we can get Caleb Williams or, or, or whatever uh, it is. It's getting ugly in Chicago after that loss to uh, Tampa Bay on the heels of the loss to Green Bay to start the uh, uh, the season. You know, it's like the sky is falling and it's not looking any better with my beloved Chicago Bears traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Uh, Justin Fields and the offense have struggled, and it's been a combo of confusing play calling by Getze and poor play by Fields, something else that we will be talking about in depth uh on tomorrow's uh show uh the chiefs on the other hand were without chris jones and travis kelsey in their loss to detroit but even with both of them in tow in jacksonville the offense still struggled with three turnovers in the first half chris jones did play as advertised he was all over the place had a i think a sack and a half or a half a sack and a bunch of hurries uh in the ball game had some tackles for loss and everything and uh But, you know, thanks to the defense and Chris Jones, their 17 points was enough to beat Jacksonville uh, on the road uh, last week. You know, the Bears desperately need a win, and this is the least likely place for them to probably get one. But from what I've seen from the Chiefs in the first two weeks have been anything but impressive. So anything is possible. So I'm still picking the Chiefs uh, in this one. I only have – I give the Chiefs eight on this one, so a little bit higher, but uh, not overwhelming. Like I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to go all in on the Chiefs uh, beating the Bears uh, on Sunday. I'm I'm leaving a little leeway on that. There are other games that I feel more confident about. You know, like granted, Detroit's a good football team, and they're going to be a good team this year. Jacksonville is going to win the AFC South uh, again. Uh, so they started out with two rough, you know, basically first place teams to start off the season, and the the Bears is their first quote unquote easy game, or so one would think. But you're seeing a lot of things that are, you don't see a lot of in Kansas City: mistakes, turnovers, you know, that kind of thing. The Chiefs shooting themselves in the foot. They're usually they're a very well coached team, very disciplined. You don't see these kinds of things uh, from the Chiefs. And, you know, if they come out and they play sloppy, uh, it's it's one of those things where, you know, the emotion of everything that's been going on this week, people are probably going to applaud the Bears just for showing up uh, on Sunday uh, with everything that's been going on uh, in Hallis Hall this week and, you know, from Justin Field and his comments to the Allen Williams situation, losing Braxton Jones and, and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, you know it'll be a moral victory for the Bears to even play the game uh, on Sunday, but um, you know I'm not going to rule out a Bears victory here. You know, like I said, it's 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 the least likely place for the Bears to get a win when they so desperately need one. But it's you know, like I said, the Chiefs have not been world beaters in these first couple of games. You know, they they kind of choked their way out of a win. Uh, against the Lions week one, shorthanded or not, they didn't get the job done. and injuries have never stopped them before. that's that's what everybody wasn't really talking about was that they've had to play without Chris Jones before. They've had to play without chris uh, Travis Kelsey before. they won the game anyway. you know that's that's the the mark of how well coached and 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 uh, you know what a tight ship Andy Reid runs uh, down there. But you know, especially, the first half against uh against the uh the, the jaguars like their first their first half was like punt punt uh interception muffed punt or it's like punt punt muff punt interception fumble and then finally they they score a touchdown on the last drive uh, of the uh of the first half so and then they only came back and 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 uh only managed 10 points in the second half uh, as well so again it wasn't like they got that touchdown drive and that's what set things off and there they go, they're off and running. It was still, you know, Jacksonville had the ball, they only down eight with, you know, a couple minutes to go and the game was still in doubt all the way up to the very end uh, when the Chiefs did finally hold and, and, and held on to win 17-9 to uh, on Sunday. So for a Bears team, if, if they get any kind of early breaks, it could be the spur that they need because they all know that the world is betting against them this week. They know it. They know. With the way they played the first two weeks, they're coming into Arrowhead where very few people come away with a victory. Nobody's given them a snowball's chance in hell of winning this game uh, on Sunday. Wouldn't it be crazy if they did just enough to win? Because that was kind of the mentality going into their last trip at Arrowhead in 2015. Nobody gave them any chance to win that game Jay Cutler threw a touchdown pass to Matt Forte with about a minute or so left in the game and they ended up beating the chiefs in 2015 nobody saw that coming least of all me they went ahead and won that game so um, it's not impossible it's about as impossible as it can get the odds are definitely stacked against them um, but uh, you know you can never it's 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 all going to come down to you know are the bears the uh, the cornered animal? Uh, or are they? Have they? Are they already beaten? You know what I mean. Is uh, is their back already broken after everything that they went through in the first two weeks? Did all of the drama and everything surrounding them this week distract them from getting the job done, uh, or being ready to get the job done against the Chiefs on Sunday? We'll find out. I'm still picking the Chiefs. Put an eight point confidence on it. We'll see how that goes. Finally in the pick six on Monday night, the, uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles on the road at Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers, a meeting of two, two and O teams, one that it was expected to be two and O and the other is a definite surprise. So they were a surprise one and no team. And I'm not sure that everyone was shocked that they beat the bears on Sunday, but, uh, you know, like going into this thing, I don't think anyone had the Bucks penciled in to win week two uh, against the Bears either. So they should have been, by logic standards, I guess, they should have been 0-2, but instead they're 2-0. and And now is the time to find out if the Bucks are for real. Can they prove that in a big way by knocking off the defending NFC champs on Monday night? We'll have to see because uh, Philly – Kind of in the in the same vein as uh, the Chiefs have not been playing sixty minutes uh, in the first uh, couple of games. They in both games, I believe, they got off to big starts. They were up, I think, twenty to nothing or something like that on the uh, or seventeen to nothing, I think, over the uh, Patriots week one, and then the Patriots kind of made a run that at the end, but came up short and lost twenty five to. Twenty to Philly, and then on Thursday night football uh, against the Vikings uh, last week, Philly was up twenty-seven to seven in the third quarter. Final score of the game was thirty-four to twenty-eight. So, you know, Philly was, uh, you know, they got to play a full sixty minutes because if, uh, you know, say if they don't get off to a big start, Todd Bowles and uh, is going to be dialing up that defense to get after. Uh, Jalen hurts he just did a pretty good job shutting down justin fields uh, on Sunday who I believe is a more dangerous runner than uh Jalen hunt uh Jalen hurts is and um you know so he he'll be able to have something dialed up to try to stop hurts uh to try to slow down uh, that offense uh in Philly and you know maybe they won't have that 20 to nothing cushion that can carry them and you know so they can coast. Uh, To another win, because if uh, we've learned anything from Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield thus far, is that these guys are game. They're going to show up to play. So they might be one of the surprise teams of this season where nobody was expecting anything from them with the uh, departure of Tom Brady and, uh, you know, with them not really even looking good under Brady uh, last year, going eight and nine to, uh, you know, kind of win the division by default uh, last season. They've already won a quarter of that. (laughs) You know, they've already won two, uh, games thus far, uh, as opposed to the eight that they won last year. So, you know, these, these guys are in definitely like, why not us kind of mode, uh, right now. So that's a dangerous team. You, you, it's hard to beat a team that believes in itself. And, uh, if, if Philly wants to mess around and not play, or, you know, maybe take the third quarter off or something, they might find themselves on the wrong end, uh, of one of these. And and that's something that, uh. They have to be careful of uh, on on Monday night. If uh, you know, say that Todd Bowles is uh, able to slow the offense down, so maybe it's only ten nothing at halftime, as opposed to you know fourteen or seventeen or twenty four to uh, you know to nothing at the half, and then they you know come in and kind of casually dick around in the third quarter. Next thing you know, a couple of touchdowns in, and Baker and, and company are taking a lead into the fourth quarter. Uh, kind of thing. That defense starts to clamp down on Philly, and before you know it, Tampa Bay's got a 3-0 and start, and Philly's wondering what the hell happened. So, Philly's going to have to show up for these 60 minutes, man, and play the whole game, uh, or else somebody's going to catch them with their pants down, and it's it's going to come out and, and not work out well for them. So, Philly's heavily favored in this one, and I actually like Philly a lot. I put a 12-point uh, confidence score on on my pick for Philly, so I think it will all work out, but it's like the uh, red flags are there, if you will. So it's like Philly, they they you know they bust out early and then they kind of fade in the second half and then come on strong at the end, and that's been enough so far. But it's been two one score games that they played, you know, only a five point win over the Patriots after having a much bigger lead earlier on. Same thing with the Eagles or the Eagles and the Vikings on thursday 27 to 7 going into like the latter half of the third quarter and uh they ended up having to hold on 34 to 28 uh to get that win uh over the vikings so i definitely think philly has enough and then some to walk away with a win in tampa uh on monday but you know you better check yourself before you wreck yourself and uh they're gonna want to be careful against the bucks because i don't want to say the bucks are for real but the bucks are definitely not messing around so you want to come correct, uh, or you're going to go home with a, with a loss in your back pocket. Okay, guys, that's the pick six. That is our show. Thanks so much uh, for joining us here on the fourth phase. We'll be back tomorrow uh, on Friday with the week three preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground, previewing Bears Chiefs. We will do a healthy segment on everything that happened in Hallis Hall today. And uh, hopefully, have a little bit more on the Allen Williams situation. Kind of makes uh, heads or tails uh, of that. And even if we don't, I'll offer my thoughts and opinions on what we do know uh, as we go into the weekend. And uh, Jacob Milham from Arrowhead Attic will be on the show to help us preview uh, the ball game. Maybe talk to maybe talk to him about some of the red flags I've been seeing with the Chiefs. Are you know Chiefs fans concerned? Uh, at all or do they think that the remedy is coming to town on Sunday and they can just smack the bears around get this thing whole get this whole thing straightened out so come on back tomorrow all of the hallis Hall drama and Jacob Milham from Arrowhead addict and so much more so until then my name is Larry D this has been the fourth phase we will see you next time